You're now tuned in to Flavor in Your Ear. Flavor in Your Ear. What is going on, everybody out there? We are back again for Forbidden Flavors. And we have a special segment today. We are going to get to know each other. It's going to be pretty simple. And uh, I think everybody's going to be able to learn something because we're learning each other still. And before we you know, hit the ground running, we're talking about all these topics and things like that. We want everybody to get to know us as we get to know each other. So hey, say what's up to everybody, Zone. Let them, let them know you're here. Hello, everyone. Like they can see my hands. But hello. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why people do that. Uh, you got to speak with your hands sometimes. You know that brings that, <laughs> that that brings that essence into it. You know, like that's that's cool. So I got these random questions that she that she popped in here, and uh, we're gonna ask each other these questions. I, I, neither one of us have seen these questions uh, before this session, so you all are getting real time, real answers, real feedback, and it's gonna be a lot like uh, she thinks she said a minute or so for response so it's not going to be a long-winded thing and we're going to go through it and let's know what y'all think and we're just going to get into the zone no pun intended (laughs) (laughs) all right so i'm gonna pick one of these questions and would you like to be famous and in what way no actually i don't even though i seem like an extrovert I'm really more of an introvert. I don't want to be famous because I don't want to be in front of a lot of people because I don't like to be judged because I get I get upset easily over just stupid stuff. So I just like to stay in my lane where I'm at. I I agree. I think I want the uh, I want what comes with fame, but I don't want to be famous. <laughs> if that makes sense, you know what I'm saying? Like I I'm, I've never been the one. To, I've never been a person that wants to be the loudest person in the room. Give me all the riches and give me all the house and stuff like that, but I don't want everybody knowing what I got. You know, like that's just me. So the fame part, I want the assets to come with fame, but I don't want to be, you know, I don't want to be famous. <laughs> True, <laughs> that's how. That's exactly why I was saying it. I play the background so nobody knows my business. I don't want to be like J and B with everywhere I go, somebody's looking at. Me. Yeah, I, I don't think I can live like that either. It's like you, you go on a date, you go to dinner. Who you with? I, it's not. It's not my lifestyle. It's not my lifestyle. I'm not that loud, and I hate personally. I hate people that just like got to be a center of attention with everything. So I, I say no. Exactly. All right. All right. So, Vaz is what is the greatest compliment of accomplishment of your life? The greatest accomplishment of my life uh, is probably my kids. I'll say that my kids. And the reason why I say my kids is. You have somebody who looks up to you, and that's probably like the best feeling in the world. Even though they give you a headache, you lose hair, you get upset. But, you know, somebody looks up to you regardless if you do good, bad, happy or sad in your life. You know, like that's just that's that's a good that's a good feeling that you don't you don't know the feeling until you get it. You know what I'm saying? Like they love you and really love you unconditionally. You know what I'm saying? Whatever fucked up, happy, sad, they still know know, standing for you. So got to be my kids. What about you? Exactly the same thing I was going to say. Mm-hmm. Like, believe it or not, mm-hmm. I was taught that your kids cannot be your best friend, but I'm one of them people that would tell you that's totally false. Because mm. my kids have watched me cry, they watched me struggle, they watched yes. me fight, they watched me yes. go through a separation. They've done mm-hmm. everything with me from the beginning to the end. And as a parent for the last 27 years, like literally, 
we've won, we've gone through everything from 27 to what my last 27 to 13. So yeah, I've been doing this for 27 years, and believe it or not, every day is a funny day. Even when they get in trouble, it's still a funny day. They don't judge me. They don't really worry about it. They don't ask me for a lot. They're not really superficial. They're like we're like just like sisters and brothers in my whole house. And you people say, how's that? I don't know. We just, they got a floor to speak. They got a floor to, to do whatever they need to do. So they don't have no need to lie to me. They don't have no need to complain about nothing because we have grounds and rules of opening lines of communication, no matter what it is without judgment. I, lo- I love that. And the key thing you said right there is open line of communication. A lot of people, you can't shut your kids' voices out. Like then they'll go, everybody going to talk to somebody, you know what I'm saying? So yep. like, if they can't talk to you about anything, they're going to go talk to somebody else. So that's the key thing. And I'm not trying to be like a super parent here, but like, you know, parenting is a, is a, is a learning process. Right. So like yes. them being able to talk to you, I understand it. Like I didn't have nobody to talk to, but I always found somebody to talk to. You see what I'm saying? So I always found somebody talking. That's how you listen to other people. So I, I love that. So I, I totally agree with that part that you said about parenting as well. So next question. Ooh, man. If you could change anything about the way you were raised, what would it be? Uh, pretty much. Mm, that is a good question. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that's a good, that's a good oh. one. Mm-hmm. That is really a good question. What would I change? Growing up without having two parents, without having a mother, I would really change that. Not knowing how to talk to women, not knowing how to deal with other people's moms because I didn't have one of my own. So your mom actually really never means anything to me because I didn't have one of my own. So I don't Mm -hmm. know how to bond with other people's mother because I never Mm -hmm. had my own mother. So it's kind of like a hard thing to come back from as a kid. Waking up every morning from the day you're born up until you're an adult and having kids and still not having your own mom. It is a real, real big, it's a game changer for those that don't have a mother. All right. So, so what is one thing in your life that if you can change, you change how you grew up? Having a one parent household. Now, Mm -hmm. I said it earlier, though I love my father, greatest man in the world, but nobody can understand a girl not having a mom. It's like as hard as like a guy not having a dad. Mm -hmm. Me not having a mom didn't help me any because I didn't know how to deal with other people's mom. I had an attitude with everybody's mom because it wasn't my Mm -hmm. mom. When -hmm. people talk about the things they did with their mother and things they do with their mother, I can never say that. And it's Mm -hmm. by trying to parent, not having a mom of your own is like the hardest. It's not hard, but it's hurtful. Because mm. no one can understand not growing up with your own mom to be able to tell things to talk things through when you're having issues that you can't relate with your dad. You don't have that same feeling and same understanding. Right. So being right. a parent myself, it kind of changed me. So I, that's why I said earlier, me being open dialogue with my kids is the biggest thing because they mm. have their mom. They do have a dad. They mm. have their mom. So anything my daughters are going through. I can talk to, relate, and give them the honest mm. opinion. Anything my boys are going through, I can talk to and give them mm. a mom's opinion. And mm. that's the biggest thing in the world is not having a parent, a mom in your childhood. It really hurts. Mm. And I felt that um, because I didn't have my biological father in my lifetime. And I recently did, not on this Forbidden Flavors episode, but I did a tribute to my uncle who passed away uh, a few weeks ago. I didn't have a biological father in my lifetime. So I feel you on that. If I can change anything, well, of course, you know, I, I wish that 
I had that biological father there, but I, I learned to grow, you know, without him being there. But you always think, what if, you know, yeah. as a kid, as a kid, I'm glad that I turned out the way I did. But you always think like, you know, I could have been something different, yep. better. If, you know what I'm saying? Because you have to figure out a lot of shit on your own growing up. Exactly. And you can't relate to some things that other people go through uh, what it is. Uh, what it is so that's why i'm really like uh, i'm really big on this is something probably you can learn about me too i'm really big on like people like stepping out on their kids and stuff like that um mm-hmm. and just being just be careful who you have kids with because if you're gonna hate somebody that much you can't deal with your kids to deal with your kids bro that says a lot about like you do damage that you don't know you're doing just not by not being involved and then like everybody grows up as an adult and it all comes out then, you know, because as, as a kid, you don't know that you feel that, you know, that pain and stuff like that. You just it's an awkward feeling. You know what I'm saying? But when you get older, you like that shit affected me. You, uh, mm-hmm. and, I, and I hear and I hear a lot in like raps and stuff. The Migos still be talking about, you know, them having not having both of their parents. And these are grown men that are successful. You know what I'm saying? Like little baby. Mm-hmm. Like I'll be here. So that's why, you know, like deep down it hit people. But you never you know, what I'm saying you never hear about it until you an adult. and You feel the courage to talk about it. So. Definitely same thing like you. We 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 got that in common. I, re, I would definitely change that if I could. If my father was a piece of shit, I probably wouldn't want out him. But of course, not knowing him at all, I don't know if he's going to be good or bad. And I wish I would exactly. have, the opportunity, have the opportunity, you know what I'm saying, to cut him off or, you know, him be involved in my life. So I agree with you there. What you got for me? Okay, before I touch on that, I heard mm-hmm. what you said about not being there uh, for your kids, not choosing who you can choose or you want. I've learned that. You can choose somebody to be with them for five years. Some people just mentally aren't equipped to be parents because they didn't have their own. When they don't have their own, they can't be equipped to raise their own themselves because they don't know how to parent. Like I said, again, I'm not ashamed to say my grandmother wasn't the greatest grandmother or mother. So with that being said, my mom didn't know how to be a parent herself because she didn't have her own parent. So her moving and shifting about her life taught her how to move and shift about her life. So giving up a child is just that easy because that's how it was for her parents. So I'm not saying that to take away because I really don't care about either my parent, my mother or my grandmother at this point. But it's what I noticed. I noticed how she was easy and to place the blame on somebody else for my mother. And my mother was quick to place the blame on somebody else for her kids. So it's a historical cycle within the community of parenting. If you don't know how to raise yours, your parent didn't know how to raise you. You repeat that cycle until you break it on yourself. If you don't break your own karmatic energy and curses, you'll continue that same trait. And I noticed that. And that's what I said earlier. My kids are like my best friends because I knew what it was like. I know the hurt and pain of not having. Now I can send them over to their dad's house, but it won't make the difference in what I do for them and with them. And that was my biggest thing. So what you saw in your cycle, you broke it. If you don't break it, you're just going to keep having generational parenting, a bad parenting and, you know, cycles of jail and blah, 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 because you don't pay attention. You just think it's normal. I I 100% agree. I 100% agree. Uh, The thing about, uh, I don't know. It's just this is just me thinking out loud. You know, uh, it's just so easy to have a kid, like because sexually, you know, like it could be a mistake. It could be two seconds, and then it's so much more shit that goes on after mm-hmm. that. You know what I'm saying? Like it's just so it's so you don't know what you're getting yourself into when you, when you, once you when once you have a child with somebody, and it's so much aftermath after it. I feel like it's so easy to get into something that's so serious, like. You talk about whole generations and bad parenting and mm-hmm. like all of it. We never think about that because you know, sex is just fun. You be thinking about fun, but you don't understand when people don't take the precautions to protect themselves. 
the shit they put themselves in. Because I, I, you know, a lot of people make a lot of excuses for certain things, but like, man, at the end of the day, you as an adult, you make that decision to when you risk it, you play in the fire. Mm-hmm. You know, sometimes you're gonna get burnt. So I, I feel what you're saying. I feel what you're saying. What you got for me now? What you got for me? Okay, so let me choose mine. Okay. Because we, we winging it. I'm, I'm looking. I haven't looked at the question. Wing it away. <laughs> hey, it's hey, it's free. Hey, that's, that's what make it authentic. I got you. Okay, so when did you last cry in front of another person and by yourself? <sighs> in front of somebody. I cried in front of my daughter when I left Chicago. Um, so I'm not going to get too deep here. Say that for later on. Uh, <laughs> but I, I hadn't seen my my kids in a, uh, in a while, and I've I've been living here in Italy. And like as you can see, parenting is an emotional topic for me. Uh, so when I saw them, you know, you always think about if, if you were around, what you could have made better and stuff like that. And me leaving this last time didn't feel like a deployment or you know like work. It felt like I was just you know just leaving. You know what I'm saying? So. That will that will hit me, you know, and I and I, you know, you, you miss seeing them grow up and stuff like that. So I cried with my daughter from in front of my daughter. She's uh, seventeen now, so but like she's not like a little baby nothing like that. But you know, I cried in front of her, just telling her how much I love her and how much I, you know, want to see them again and things like that. So that's the last time I cried in person. By myself, actually, was more recent. That's when my uncle passed away. Um, I had a conversation with him. Uh, and then now we're going full circle here because my uncle was like my father figure. He filled that void in, you know, when I was a little kid. Yeah. And when I saw him sick, I've seen him like healthy so long in his life, you know what I'm saying, and happy. And I saw him sick and struggling, uh, you know, but he smiled at me. You know, he's like, so he used all the energy. I know, I know he was hurting. He smiled with like like a video call, like me and you doing, yeah, him, like on, on on Facebook or whatever. And he was kept telling me to be strong. And, and he told me, you know, like, I know you're my nephew, but I always considered you my son. You know, that's big. And that's 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 like, especially with all the shit we said is fucked up with. Yeah. Uh, he told he told him he made sure to tell me that. So I hung up the phone with him. I didn't know it was my last conversation with him. But that, you know, that, that kind of broke me down a little bit. But I'm glad the conversation was healthy before we, uh, you know, we had the conversation. So that was my last time crying in front of somebody and crying just recently, you know, when I, when I lost my uncle. So. What about you? When the last time you shed some tears? You know what? Honestly, I don't even think <laughs> that's one of those questions I ask. But to think about it, I don't even think I know when the last time I've actually cried, cried. Uh-huh. Like, I'm going to say Falls cried, I guess, by myself is watching a movie. I get teary eyed <laughs> when I watch certain movies. That's the most okay. I'm going to say. I think I watch. Uh, no, as a matter of fact, I'm gonna tell you when I cried, and this is weird. I watched the father come home on on TikTok just the other day, and I was by myself. That was just he was he came home to his kids that had not seen him in a long time, and he popped up at the house, and it was the most beautiful thing to see a young boy. He had him in maybe like maybe 17, 16. Mm-hmm. He jumped in his father's arms and he cried. I mean, he literally cried, and I mean, he he cried. He, I mean, he shed his tears like he was a baby, and I thought it was the sweetest thing in the world, and the rest of the kids came in and piled on, and I think that right there, again, like I said, when you don't have your parent, it touches you, even when you see somebody else do it, 
to be able to see that connection that a parent has with a child, even from, I don't know if the man came from jail, he could have been in the military, they, they didn't say. But the fact that you seeing how much the kids love their dad and was happy to see him and hold him again was one of those things that made me cry. That was by myself. But it was a sweet moment and it wasn't even mine, but it just made, it flood back tears up just wanting your parent. And it made me feel good that somebody was able to see their parent. And, you know, if I could do that, I probably would. If I could connect with my mom like that, I probably would jump in her arms and cry, but I don't have that connection. But far as by in front of somebody, I don't even know the last time I cried in front of somebody. As a parent and as a mom, I've been taught to be so strong so long. As a black woman, I don't think I know what it's like to truly pull out tears in front of anybody because we were taught to kind of like hold it in, strap up your boots and, you know, go away to yourself and cry. So I don't think I actually know what it is like to, to remember the last time I've actually cried in front of somebody because I don't think I'm strong enough to cry in front of somebody or mentally weak enough to cry in front of somebody. So I don't think I know how to do that because I wasn't taught to like really shed tears in front of people. I've always been taught to be strong, hold your own, you cry in private. And I think that's one of the things that if I did it, it probably been maybe like 13 years ago when I gave birth. That's probably the most I think I've ever cried in front of somebody. That's what I'm saying. You don't think about it till the questions come to your head. No, no. No, she was sick. And we thought we, we really thought we was losing her. And that's when you realize how much your kids mean to you when they tell you it's a 50-50 chance your child is going to come out of this. And you that's when you really know you're at your moment when you're going to cry no matter who's around. Alright, I got I'm tracking now. I'm tracking. Yeah, that's yeah, that's I can't imagine that. I don't like talking about stuff like this. I'm glad that I don't even posi- but it's a- you got you got some positivity from it, you know. So that <laughs> yeah, that's yeah, I don't want to get too mushy because you know, then when I'm talking all gangster, y'all gonna be pulling my gangster card on here. <laughs> <laughs> but it's okay that's, uh, to be able to express that though. It shows you're human and you got feelings. I'm it's trying, I'm trying, but I'll be talking, I'll be talking a lot of shit and people going to be, you know, people not know me now, you know, I've got to, you know, I got to bob and weave. I'm, I'm joking, I'm joking. <laughs> That's how the ladies know that you're, 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 you're accessible. They say he, he's strong, but he's still weak enough to cry. It makes you vulnerable. <laughs> it's a good thing. Okay. I got one for you. All right. And we gonna, we, and we probably gonna, uh, not have all these questions, but we'll, continue these segments on because these are some good yeah. questions and as you can see they all have questions like where they're not they open ended where there's a whole story that goes behind them so uh, I think it's my turn right yeah okay it's my turn so my turn this up okay Complete this sentence. I wish I had someone with whom I could share blank. <sighs> Got it. A trip around the world. To nowhere it's nowhere special, nowhere particular. Just get in the car and just go. Don't ask where we're going. Just let the universe take you where it wants you to go. If it's a whole 800 mile trip to wherever, fine. You just want somebody to say, hey, I just want to take this trip because I feel like I don't have long to live. So I want to do this now. And it's that one special, they don't have to be a partner, they don't have to be a boyfriend, it could just be someone that's willing to do that venture with me and give me that memory. Everything for me in life is a memory. 
So that's the biggest thing. Yes, if I because if you don't know if you're going to suffer from Alzheimer's or in dementia or what have you else. So memories are everything. If we can capture it and just spend that one, maybe a week just traveling the world, seeing everything we can and record as much as we can. So if, say if you, I, or anybody have dementia, you can pull out that video and say, hey, this is what we did. It may jog a memory, it may not, but it's just the memories of knowing that you could do it. That is, yeah, I, so I won't say necessarily travel for me, but like, I like your, I love your answer. Uh, I think I probably wish I had somebody just to do my, like a bucket list, you know, like all the, like all of the things that I might be, you know, a little bit afraid. To, <laughs> I, it's fine. <laughs> I might be, in my, and other things I might be a little bit afraid to do or that I was like, that I won't did, want to want to do, but I need that one person that's crazy enough to do it with me. Had a bucket list and just, you know, just go for it. Cause I think, I don't know, I'm not afraid to do it by myself, but it's just, you know, it's fun to have somebody with you to, to, to do all those things and go to those, those places and stuff like that. So, that's that's why I wish I can share it because like I like I said after the after COVID and everything like that, you kind of realize how, like you said, memories are everything, right? Like because you never know when you might be locked up in the house again, or you know reminiscing. Because uh, one little thing about me before uh, we got locked down, I went to Croatia, and that memory of Croatia, oh my god! And Croatia is like two hours from here, but we had one of the best trips ever to Croatia. Like it was such a good time, and that memory helped me you know, to get through part of the quarantine, you know, because, like, we had a good time. The food was good. It was clear weather. It was sunny out there. It was it was a blast. It was a blast. So that's to harp off your example that, yes, you know, memories do help. You know, you get through a lot. And that's just for one small thing right there. So, so wait a minute. Croatia ain't as bad as they make it seem because they make Croatia seem like it's just rough. Nah, that's that's cap. That's hundred percent cap. Like Croatia, they love us out there. First of all, <laughs> For people that don't know, they love us out there. First of all, and Who's secondly, that, black men. Oh, you got they, they love they love African Americans. Period. Like, oh, okay, I, yeah, like it's they, they love Americans. Period. To be honest with you, um, but like, man, it's they they had. I don't. In Europe, the crazy thing about Europe is I don't feel like discrimination and racism. Like when I'm in America. I can mm-hmm. feel it. I can feel it. Right? Like, they look at us like we're foreigners over here, but it's not like because of the, you know what I'm saying? It's because you're not from here. You know what I'm saying? Here. Because you are a foreigner. But, like, when I'm in America, I feel that, like, and it's not with everybody, but I can feel, you know, you can feel, like, the, the hair on the back of your neck stand up when you know somebody looking at you because, oh, you know, like, you know, because of the color of your skin. And you I are feel that's. in your own land. That's how you yeah. see. That's how yeah, I that, yeah, so like I felt that, and people don't understand that feeling, you know what I'm saying? Because you know when somebody is genuinely like looking at you because either because you're black or because they just don't, they're not familiar with you. It's a, it's, and it's something that only we can, people, other people don't understand how it feels. We know the difference between the two. The energy. Yeah, th- 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 there you go. The, the energy, the energy. That's, that's, you can exactly. feel the energy when people are coming towards you, how they're looking at mm-hmm. you, how they view you. Mm-hmm. You can feel that, I mean, you can feel hate when it's coming off somebody. Even if they don't speak it, the energy speaks for itself. I don't care what nobody True. says. You can feel energy from like five feet away. That's why that social distance is six feet. You can be five and a <laughs> half feet from somebody and you can feel the hate radiating mm. towards you. And you be looking like, dang, you sitting all the way over there and I can feel your hate just coming gravitating towards me. So I, I get what you're saying. That's why I ask because the way you hear about Croatia and all the Croatia and all these other places, they make it seem like everybody's 
just hates black. And then when you go to people like, no, that's just Americans that hate black. It's not, you know, it's not Kuwait. It's not Africa. It's just America that hates us. We're here. We're American, but they hate us being in America. That's how it starts to be. I'm glad I can debunk that because, like I said, I ain't feel none of that there. Like, and I went there, and I'm, I'm a real... I'm authentic. I'm not no shades anybody else out there, but I'm an authentic black person. Like you know, I'm I got that strong voice. I'm dark. I'm loud. You know, kind of sorta. So if they was gonna treat anybody, I I fit check a lot of those boxes off of just uh, appearance before you see me that people would judge. You know, just ju- would judge me. You know, what I'm saying I'm not wearing like baggy clothes and stuff because that the era was gone. But I still, <laughs> you know, I, I still dress for the culture. You know, what I'm saying like I still got my my, my fly gear on and stuff like that. So. Definitely, like I don't. I stop listening to people when they say it about certain countries and certain things. Not because racism is all over the world, but that doesn't necessarily mean that you know people are gonna a certain country is a certain type of way towards you. So, oh, trust right, me, I understand that. Mm-hmm. Cool. So let's 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 give it one more. Let's give it one more because I'm gonna let, I'm gonna let you close out with your question. So you got to pick a good one for us to go on for one more, and then we uh we'll cut the segment of knowing each other because y'all can't know too much about us too quick. You know, we got to we got we got we got a spoon feed y'all because as y'all can see, we two complex individuals. <laughs> oh, I have no. one that's going to be a little bit deep, but I this is one I thought about like reading it just now. So mm-hmm. this is honesty. So uh, okay, so if you were to die this evening with no opportunity to communicate with anyone, what would you regret not having told someone, and why haven't you told them yet? You know, this is funny. Um, had you asked me this question before COVID, I probably would have had a really bad answer. But when COVID happened, I've said and communicated a lot of a lot of things to a lot of people that I care about. Um, because COVID opened my eyes to, you know, um, the shit can change in the in the blink of an eye, in the blink of an eye. So, uh, you know, like I talked to my mom, I talked to my brother, I talked to all of my like close relatives, my kids. You know, I I, I said so much because I I don't know because I was I'm in Italy, of course, right? So COVID hit here hard, right? It was never a joke here. And I'm like, shit, it's never gonna be the same. So I'm like, I'm gonna start telling people. I've even told my friends. You know what I'm saying? That, you know, I reached out to him, tell him I love him or something like that. You know, I was way more emotional than I've ever been during this time. Cause I usually be like, you know, so I'm like I hold shit, I hold shit in. You know what I'm saying? So honestly, I think if I died today, I would be content with how I communicate with people because I've done all that. Like the the one thing I would probably regret if I did that today is that um I didn't I wasn't able to see my uncle in person, you know, before he uh left this earth. Um, because I, that's one thing that I w- would have wanted to do or just, you know, but I did get to talk to him. So that was the, that's the plus side about it. But I've actually said a lot to a lot of people and I don't have anybody that I feel like I'm not thinking about it. I haven't spoke to directly and told them how I feel about them, which is good. Cause back before <laughs> I could, it was going to be a whole shit list of people. I'm like, Oop, <laughs> I never told my mom this. I ain't never tell my brother this. I ain't never tell nobody that. But now, you know what I'm saying? Cause of the pandemic, a positive note about it. It made me, I was out there just communicating, 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 telling everybody what it was, you know, real talk. So 
I can honestly say that, yeah, I've said I don't I don't really have nobody that I, re- that I didn't get to speak to or say anything about. And then I got the podcast, too. So that's talking to everybody about what's going on, too. So what about you? Well, first, let me say I like the fact that you remind yourself that you got closure with your uncle, which is mm. a good thing because he held on long enough to give you that closure. Some mm. things you probably never thought about how deeply he felt about you. And you found mm. out how deep he felt about you, which you probably didn't realize at the time coming up because you were young and not thinking and in the streets. But he always held on and made sure he remembered who you were and what you meant to his life. Even when before he passed, he held on long enough to say that because not everybody gets that opportunity to get hear that or get that from somebody. They didn't realize how deep that person felt about them like they felt about them as well. So I do like that part. So that is a good thing. But for me. This is a two-part series, and I know it might sound harsh to people, but it's reality because not everybody, like I said, everything you're going to hear me say kind of like revolves around my mom. So my thing is, it starts with my dad. If I die today or tomorrow, I probably never get a chance because my dad is not, he comes from the country. He's from Carolina, so their men down there, from what I see, really aren't as affectionate. They believe, they believe in working. As long as I put food on the table, you're good. So saying I love you is something he doesn't do comfortably. So me, if I die there tomorrow, I probably never get a chance to say I love you, Dad. And I appreciate you taking the time to raise me as a single man because you didn't have to do it. You could have walked away like a lot of brothers did, but you didn't. You stayed around and you held down your house the best way you could. It may not have been the way I wanted to or perfect as I wanted, but you held it down the best way you could. Held down a job for 45 years to make sure I ate, to make sure I had clothes, never took a day off work just to make sure we had. And when I gave birth, he was there. When I gave birth, I was a teen mom, so I'm not ashamed of it. I was a teen mom. My father was there from the beginning to the end. Crazy, he, I put my father through a lot, but my father held me down no matter what. Even now, he still holds me down. So that's one person. So this is a quickly. Now I'm going to go to the main person. If I die there tomorrow, I definitely won't get a chance, thanks to my dad, to tell my mom how much I really hate her. And this is not a harsh thing. And it's a hate not because she's not my mom, but because she never owned up to what she did wrong. As a parent, you have to own up to what you do wrong. If I do anything to my kids, I own up to it. I don't say I'm sorry, but I do say I was wrong. Or I shouldn't have done it. Or I thought I did it the best way I could. My mom at this time, I am 43. My mom has never owned up to walking away from me. She's never owned up to why she doesn't like me. Why does she care about me? Does she do to others? And that is a problem. I probably would go to the grave with it because my dad said, don't worry about it. But it's something that stays deep inside that bothers me because I can't say it because you're not supposed to hate your parent. But I can't be the only one that really hates their parent. And that is a true thing. I hate her from the bottom of my feet to the top of my head because she does not own up or feel like she did anything wrong. And that's the only problem I have with that part of my life. And that's why I said, if you hear me say a lot of things that revolve around her, it's a deep resentment because everything shaped my life, neither good nor bad. But as you age, you have to say before I pass, I'm wrong. I could have did this. I should have did this, even though I didn't. It makes a whole lot more difference in a child's life when you own up to what you did to them. No matter what it is, it helps them understand that we can grow and we are able to apologize and be adults. And that's the whole thing. So if I did, that's the only regret I have is because I don't see my mom. I'm not able to say I cannot stand you. Mm. That's it. Oh, that's, man, that's, that's it. I don't know, man. I mean, you're not coming from 
you coming from a spe- like a place I don't know how, uh, yeah and, and it's true I, I feel that because like I don't know if it's a generational thing but uh, uh, making things right is is something that you should have to do as an adult right like I think you'll respect the fact that people made mistakes if they just take accountability for the mistakes you see what I'm saying like like we 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 know parenting ain't the ain't, it's not no handbook to them like that, but but in the world, right and wrong, once you know you did something fucked up or something was fucked up and you don't try to make it right, you try to make it like, oh, it's just check its cash to the game, that's the problem. Like that's the problem because it, it's not showing no humility or no lack of like, man, I know I can't change what happened, but I'm acknowledging I'm acknowledging the fact that I wish things would have been better. Cause everybody has a fucking soul. You know what I'm saying? Like like you know, or maybe some people don't, you know what I'm saying? But like I can I, I can feel I feel where you're coming from with that. I feel where you're coming from with that. Cause even with, even with me and my mom, right? I had some problems with my mom growing up. And I was I always want to be respectful, right? So I never want to say nothing that she didn't agree with, especially with her getting older or whatever, right? But I matured and say, you know what? Let me go ahead and just like tell her how I feel or what, what, what how I feel was what was wrong. And I think our relationship, our relationship got better than that better about that because she never acknowledges those things but then she now she did and when she right but but when i addressed the problem directly when she saw when she saw the things about how i felt and she was humble about it it don't change the fact it happened but it made me feel better to like man at least you know like you know what i'm saying at least you know you know what i'm saying like so i come i see where you're coming from and i wish i wish that the same thing could happen for you you know in that regard but that's not on you though like even if, if she, if your mom called today and was like, brought up a memory of something that, that was wrong with you, you know what I'm saying? That you probably put to the back of your mind. She called you today and tried to make it right. That'll make you feel good that you don't have to initiate the conversation with them like that. But the longer people let shit linger, is the worse it get. Because people, people, the people on the hurt side, you don't forget. It's always the people that's on the hurt side on the, that, that hurt somebody telling you, let it go. You know what I'm saying? Let it go and push and push past it. But the pain you feel, it, it, it's alive in you because it's not resolved. You know what I'm saying? You a healed person. You a healed person, but that part of you wasn't resolved. It healed because you had to keep trucking and keep moving, not because somebody made it right. You see what I'm saying? And people don't understand that that aspect of stuff, man. So I really feel I feel you from the heart on that one, man. Like for real. Like I I really do because that's 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 real shit. That is real shit. Like and people out there, you know, and it doesn't have to even go like a, a child and a um, a child and a uh, and a parent. This is a relationship stuff like that, like that. Period. You do somebody wrong, you just gonna just chuck up the deuce and keep on going on. Think people, people ain't gonna forget that, man. Like they, you gotta make stuff right. And then it's like it's like what what what's that old saying they say? Zone. They be like uh, uh, agree to disagree. It's like a mutual. It's like a mutual respect thing. You know what I'm saying? Like set the record straight as an adult, and people can move past whatever fucked up shit you did if they say are oh, you an adult enough to acknowledge it but it ain't yeah but don't it ain't gonna just disappear into the cosmos man so like it does man, not I, I feel that i feel that I, I feel that deep i feel that deep yeah but deep. i want to say in closing people think therapy can cure it therapy cannot cure when somebody doesn't acknowledge what they've done to you you can go to therapy and talk about it all day long but it's always that one piece that says you still haven't gave me my flowers. You still haven't came to me and said X, Y, Z. I've been to therapy and therapy does not cure because every time you see their picture, hear their name or see their face, it brings back old memories, old hurts and old pain. 
especially when you see that person going on with their life, doing things with other people's kids and other people's relationships. And even in your own relationship, your mate can go on and do other things and take care of other people's kids and do whatever. And you're saying, what about me? What did I do? When are you going to come to me and say, hey, I was wrong. We didn't work out. Whatever whatever the relationship was, it's your parent, your, your boyfriend, girlfriend. We didn't work out, but I'm still going to, you know, try to make things right. But when you just move on and leave me holding the bag, I'm looking at this bag like, damn, this is all us in here. This is all the things I felt. And you don't say, hey, let me look in that bag and see how you feel. Let me reach in here and see these words that hurt, that pain, that sadness. Let's talk about it. It may not solve it every day, but it would lessen the bruises and the pain and the hurt and the hatred that person has for you. Because I don't care what nobody says. People can say all day long, I forgive and forget. No, baby, I don't forgive and forget anything. It's still here. And it's not forgotten, nor is it forgiven because you haven't came to me and said, I'm wrong. You don't have to say, I'm sorry, because I don't do apologies. But you can say, I was wrong. That makes it a whole lot better than giving me a false, I'm sorry. Because I'm sorry is a state of mind. It's not a real thing. That is a state of mind that you give yourself. If I allow myself to feel sorry, then I'm sorry. But if I just say I was wrong, that takes accountability in a whole different manner. Absolutely. That's just me. No, that's that's just facts. That's that's the truth you know uh i don't think of a better way to uh close this segment you know (laughs) than putting truth out there because like my thing my personal thing is when something is a truth you don't have to put the truth out there and you ain't got to be making all this elaborate story explaining that's how i feel about the truth right and end of the day bottom line is we all know we're human we all know we make mistakes but taking accountability for your mistakes is something that grown adults tend not to do Adults will get to fucking 80, 90 years old and then you still trying like so part of growing as a people, as a society and all that. Address the shit you do because you know the shit was wrong. And whether you a change man or change person or not, addressing that doesn't only do something for you, it does something for the person that you harmed as well. And that's the part, that's the part that people don't get. That's the part. That's the part. So oh Lord, you know, we're gonna have to take a deep breather. We will we we can't this, close on that on, on that height. Because they would have led into mental illness, and that's what I'm saying. See how mm-hmm. what I'm saying? Everything leads into something else, and that's why I said these shows can go longer. Because mm-hmm. once you start asking questions that you never thought about, it mm-hmm. helps you learn and realize things you never that you put back in the back of your mind until somebody asks you off the rip. And you go like, damn, I never gave that thought. That's when you learn how to heal mental illness and so many other things because you mm-hmm. have to think about it. Not I don't read, I don't want a textbook social worker telling me nothing or asking me questions because you're reading a script. I don't want you to read a script that somebody mm-hmm. wrote for you to ask every one of your customers, clients, or patients. But when you're talking to somebody on a real me- level, even in this quick should have been a minute. Once you get deeper, it helps you learn a whole lot more about yourself and the person you're talking mm-hmm. to at the same time. Because we all have come from the same, somewhere down in the same hurt. That's how right. I see it. I'm gonna close off with that because it could go deeper. Right. So I'm gonna leave it there. <laughs> we gonna drop it there. So we gonna <laughs> drop it there because the mic ain't gonna never drop if we get too deeper uh, under under these under these layers of these conversations. So, all right. Mm-hmm. Yeah.